and welcome to the River Audio Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We believe God has something unique to say to you, and our hope is that you feel His love stronger today than ever before. Enjoy the message. Genesis, that's great. Thank you, Ashley. Genesis 1 and 27. If you're there, say amen. If you're looking at the screen instead, say amen. (laughs) So you got it. Praise the Lord. So God created man in his own image. And that word man doesn't mean male. It means humanity, mankind. It is Adam. You know, we think that the guy's name was Adam and the girl's name was Eve, but really their name was Adam, Adam, mankind. And uh, and then we have called the male. I don't know if he really got his own name. Uh, But Eve got her name, mother of all living. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for today. And we thank you for this very special day where we give honor to our moms and all of the moms in our lives. And I pray that this word would minister to every heart, but specifically, I'm praying that this word would call stuff up on the inside of women. That maybe they have felt somebody here that that they've never been quite good enough for something, always feeling less than. Help me by your spirit to speak to the spirits of people today and call up from the inside what the world would lie to us about. That today, when we leave here, that warriors have risen up where there were victims before. That where people are defeated right now, that they leave as conquerors and more than conquerors, having been better for the battle. Please fill me afresh and help me. Speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God created us in his own image. Men and women. Together we are the image of God. You know, if we look around, if you think about the greatest musicians the greatest singers, the greatest painters, the greatest craftsmen in the world. If you think about people that are the best at what they do, you can look at someone's work without them present and know who made it. You can tell by the style. You can tell by the mediums that they work in. You can tell by the color selection and the way they put it together or the musical arrangement or you recognize the voice. 
There was a show came out that we had pulled up to watch the other day. And Rose pushed a button. I think it was to skip the intro. I think it was to skip the intro. Right before she hit skip intro, they were playing all kinds of clips of different people, you know, saying things, singing things. And right as she went to push that skip button, the next soundbite started. I'm talking a sliver of a word. And she's getting ready to walk, like, you know, and I was walking through, and she's getting ready to watch this, and I hear, and I spun around, and I said, what's Billy Graham saying? She said, how did you know that was Billy Graham on the, I said, how could I not? How could I not? The day I don't recognize the voice of Billy Graham will be a bad day, be a very bad day. You know by their voice, you know by the arrangement, you know by the painting. You can see a Van Gogh and know that it's a Van Gogh. You see a Picasso, you can recognize a Picasso. You can see these. You see the style, you see the personality of the creator in what they have created. The artist's work bears a certain look. It is an overflow of the personality of the creator of what's in you. When you make something, it is an overflow of what's in you. If you make sloppy stuff, it's because you're sloppy. (laughs) You make janky stuff, it's because you're cheap and you're careless. But if you make things, that sounds like a guilty laugh. (laughs) But if you make things well, and you make things with excellence, it is poured out of the heart by which it was made, and humanity was created in the image of God himself. We can learn about God through looking at what he has made. We can look around at what we would call nature, and we can see the hand of God in all of it. We can learn about the nature of God. When we look at we'll learn something about God, kingdom, and we see the interaction of animals with other animals. We'll learn something about God. When we watch ants working together and picking up their food and building their colony, we'll learn something about God. When we look at how birds protect their young, and then when it comes time to push them out of the net, we'll learn something about God. When we see that even trees know when a storm is coming before we do and they turn their leaves, we know something about our great God. Psalm 19 said that the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Romans 1 and 20 says that the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power in Godhead, so that they are without excuse. 
People say, I, I've never seen God. Why we am everywhere? And I see some, some people see Jesus nowhere. Some people see him everywhere. And I see him everywhere. I see Jesus everywhere I look, in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and in the oceans, waves, and everywhere. you got to close your eyes pretty tight to not see the blatant work of God that's all around us. But out of all the mountains and all the streams and all the hills and all the rivers and all everything, we, as humans... We are the pinnacle. We are the crowning jewel of God's creation. We are designed to reflect and show who God is. We are supposed to be an outward demonstration of his heart and his character and his nature and his preference and personality and style. We are supposed to be a picture of God's more so We are designed to show who God is, more so than the mountains, more so than the trees, more than the animals. We are the expression of God himself on the earth. The great majority of human beings, they live in the dark. ignorant of this fact, lost and wandering, never being whole and fulfilled, never realizing the awesome plan that they are part of, the tremendous person that God designed them to be, the important role and part that they are intended to play In the grand scheme of things, purpose that glow, the beautiful purpose that God has called us to. And many times, it's because we have listened to the wrong voices. Instead of listening to God, the creator of heaven and earth, we've listened to the God of this world. We've listened to the voice of the enemy. We've listened to the chaos and the confusion. We've listened to what was scrambling in front of our eyes instead of the truth of God speaking in a still, small voice. They have listened to the wrong voices, and they have now modeled themselves in accordance to negative lies that have been spoken over them by the enemy of their soul. Spoken over them in a deceitful way that advertised freedom and suppression, but produced bondage and suppression. Everything the enemy does looks good or else we wouldn't bite. It looks good. It offers you something that it cannot produce or that it produces very, very temporarily, but you have to pay for tomorrow morning or in a year or with the rest of your life. But I don't know if anyone 
has had to pay the price of these lies more for this diabolical, hate-filled plan than women. I believe in our world that women have been more held down by... That women have succumbed... Anybody else? I believe that women have succumbed to the lie more than anyone else, believing that they are somehow under, believing they are somehow less than. You see, for thousands of years, cultures all around the world have suppressed women. Religion has always pushed women down. I hope you understand that this is an anti-religion church and that the Jesus that we serve hates religion more than anybody else. I hope you understand that religion is the enemy of the gospel. Nothing has kept people away from the gospel more than religion. Nothing has caused more damage to the truth than religion. Nothing has kept people away from God like religion. And religion has pushed women down and held women even twisting Bible verses to do it. Religion has ignored the real meaning of God's word, picking verses out of context. Listen, the words printed in your Bible are much like a hostage victim. You can get it to say anything you want if you beat it long enough. We don't form our beliefs and then go to the Bible looking for supporting verses. We go to the Bible naked, and we say, God, teach me the truth. God, lead me away from error. God, you tell me what your word has to say. But religion has taken the word of God and twisted it and manipulated it and caused women to believe that they are less than and held them down and held theirs in the kingdom of God from their true purpose and their rightful place as warriors in the kingdom of God. And the enemy laughs. And the enemy fills the world's minds with a lie that Christians are somehow anti-women. That the Bible is somehow anti-women. Nobody has done more for the freedom and elevation of women than the Lord Jesus Christ. took the verses out of context, causing women to believe that they are weak, that they are less than, and that somehow they should simply be ruled by men. But through it all, through the lie, through the falsehood that religion, through the heaviness through the falsehood that religion has touted and the world has for so many generations given into, still yet, God himself 
has placed something down inside of women that is rising up and saying, wait a minute, something's not right here. I know the verse that you're quoting, and it doesn't seem like you're quoting it right. It doesn't seem to fit with the nature I know of God. There's, let me have that Bible. Let me read the rest. What was happening in history? What happened before? Who was he talking to? You're not going to use God's word to hold me down any longer because God is the one that has called me up higher. that says stop side, a voice that says stop the presses, a voice that says hold up just one minute. I don't think you're using that Bible right. I don't think this is what God meant about the structure of the household. You're using this differently than he used it. It's sad. Because many times we take that voice that's trying to call us out, and instead of finding the truth, we just start rebelling against everything in a blind rage. Come on, somebody. We start fighting the wrong enemy. And after we are exhausted, and after we have paraded, and after we have flown our flag, we are left empty. Still not knowing the truth that fixes the problem at the court in Park Hills, Missouri. But today, at least for one little bitty church in Park Hills, Missouri, I want to pull the curtain back. I want to speak to women today and tell you what God has to say about the awesome that you are. I want to let you know how the heart of God feels. And I want to call stuff up on the inside of people that says, I will be suppressed no more. I have a place in my family. I have a place in this church. I have a place in my community. I have a place in my country. I have a place in the kingdom of God. And I'm standing up. You won't put baby in a corner any longer. I am taking my place. And I also want to talk to men. Beautiful work, the amazing, beautiful work of his own art that God created when he made the woman. Whoo, yes, there is. By the end of this service, you'll say that woman means, whoa, man. Rose was talking about women not being made but being built. And man, he knows how to build them. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> I pray. You ready for this? We're going to mess around today. I pray that today 
and unexplainable appreciation for women is stirred inside of But women for all women. Not only men for women, but women for all women. And instead of playing games and jealous and hating and trying to tear each other down, people would start calling out what's awesome, recognizing it, giving credit where credit is due, rejoicing when we rejoice, mourning when we mourn, and lifting each other up to be what God has called us to be. Somebody give God praise because we're pulling back the curtain. I don't know who you are, but you have to stay. <laughs> Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 11 and 7 says this, and this is a whole chapter that's been beaten, twisted, and taken out of context, but we're not going to talk about all of it today. I just want to pull out one word. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head for as much as he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory free. The woman is, somebody say, the woman is the glory of the man. See, men, women are not just the glory and expression of God. The Bible says they're our glory. (laughs) We are supposed to glory in women. A woman is a priceless gift on this earth. A woman is a priceless gift to her family, to her children, to her husband, to all that know her. A woman is a priceless gift to a church. Now listen, I want to say that the River Worship Center is an anomaly, statistically. Statistically, we, amen, have some amazing men here. Amen. Yeah, amen. <laughs> we have an incredible group of strong men that have taken their place as leaders and get in here and love to serve and love to serve our women. Statistically, though, in churches, you have a whole bunch of women and just a couple guys, which is backwards from how everything's supposed to be. Yep. Now, I thank God for the men in this church and what's happening. And I'm using that to preface this statement, though, because with the statement I'm getting ready to make, I'm not trying to negate what our men happen to be doing here. But the statement abroad still stands. If you want to get something done in the body of Christ, ask the women. Because traditionally, the men aren't getting and they will open. But the women will soften their hearts and they will open their hearts and they will give themselves to get a thing done. Men, we're supposed to glory in women. There's nobody like a mom. Nobody can do what a mom can do. And Rose told me this morning when we were getting ready, she said, you know, in church we always say, you're not a sinner because you sin. You sin 
because you're a sinner, right? Meaning it was who you were before you did it. You don't become a mother when you have a child. You want to have children because you are a mother. Women, mothering is who you are. And there are a lot of there are a lot of women that maybe did not raise were moms to a whole lot of people. When I say woman today, I'm saying mom. And a woman is an incredible, incredible creation of God. And we're supposed to glory in them. Men, if you are not glorying in your wife, you're missing it. If you are telling her more of what you don't like than what you do like, you got it backwards. If you want to destroy a marriage, just bring up the stuff you have a problem with and never give any praise for the things that are done right. But if you want to flip the script, if you want to turn the table, if you want to flip it upside down and begin to build stuff, start overlooking some of the things that don't matter and say, I love how you cook the eggs. I thank you that there are socks in the drawer. I love how you love the babies. I lay and start picking out the stuff. That's build the thing on encouragement. Pull up. Build the thing on praise. Build the thing on encouragement. We're supposed to glory in our wives and in our moms and in our daughters Listen, you better start calling them up before they get married. You better start speaking into them and letting them know what's in them before somebody else does. Just let it be that some little idiot comes along showing Moriah attention. And says, you're the prettiest girl I've ever seen. And she said, tell me something my daddy ain't been telling me for the last 20 years. Start calling it up. Start speaking it in. Start stirring it and encouraging it. Do you prophesy over your kids? You better. Because somebody else is waiting for them. Start telling them who, start laying hands on your kids and start speaking the word of God over them. Start telling them who they are in Christ. Teach them when they're little that their feelings are liars. Teach them early that your body and your mind's going to go through some weird stuff and you're going to think a lot of things. You don't have to own any of it. Everybody goes through that, but the Bible says this is who you are. Give them a heads up. Give them a heads up. Women are priceless gifts. Proverbs 31 and 10, who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is far above rubies. How many people sacrifice their marriage and their family to make money, not knowing that their family's worth a lot more than the money? Far above rubies. Well, I'm going to have to work late again and again and again. And listen, I'm telling you what on your priority better be there are things that have to be done. I'm not talking about not prioritizing, but I'll tell you what on your priority better be that girl you got at home. 
And it better be at some point that you tell your boss, actually, I'm going to have to have a late night at home again. Because this is more important. You'll have to do whatever you got to do, but I'm not going to sacrifice my family for your company. Far above rubies, the heart of her husband doth safely trust in her. Nobody can bring comfort to a man's heart like a woman. And women, don't be somebody that makes everybody worry. See what the Word of God says about you and carry it out because you've got something we don't have. You have abilities that we do not have. The heart of her husband safely trusts in her so that he shall have no need of spoil the earth. God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created light, created darkness. He created day and night. He created the oceans, and then he called forth and created the great sea monsters, the great creatures of the sea, and the fish and the fowl of the air, the animals of the field. And God created trees with their seed in them producing fruit after their kind. And when God got done with all of that, he said, it's ready. I had to do all of it before I did this. Now I can create man and place man in this creation that I've made. One, so God creates all the stuff and then God creates one male human being, Adam. And he puts, them in the, he puts him in this work. Adam. There's some mountains, some oceans, some palm trees, some evergreen trees. Here's some animals. You get to name them all. Whatever you call them, they'll be called. Adam, here are some fruit trees. Here are some vegetables. You can, you can eat all of this. Adam, how you doing? Uh, well, Mr. God, sir, this is all really nice, and it's really pretty, and I, I, I'm enjoying this, but it seems like something is missing. He said, well, have, have you played with these animals? What'd you call that one yet? Tiger? Oh, that's good, Adam. You're not satisfied just running, playing with this tiger? Because that'd be pretty close for me. <laughs> Adam said, that's great, but something, something's not, something's missing. He said, oh, Adam, I got something for you. What do you want to call this? And he's like, God, I called that one a dog. He said, it's a man's best friend. Adam said, no, that's not it. He said, surely you don't prefer the cats over the dogs. Adam's like, no, 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 no. No, he said, I already shot the cat. He said, I'm good with it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> the cat inconvenienced me, and it just wiped him out. 
He said, no, God, all that's fine. And God said, hmm, there's not one found suitable for, for Adam. He said, amazing. God, you, you, you know that I'm grossly paraphrasing. God did not just think of this. And the Bible says that a deep sleep fell over Adam. And while he was asleep, that God opened his side. You know, our translation says rib, and I'm not here to, you know, dispute anything, but, but to say that he built the girl out of a rib, really, it just says pulled from his side, in essence, splitting the atom. Took this and he and he he made it two. Two parts that needed each other. Two parts of one that would complete each other. And I th- I thought of this just this morning. That of all of the creation. All the mountains and the trees and the rivers and the animals. All of that was not finished until he made her. The woman is the completion of creation. God finished creation and said, now it's done. Now it's done. This is why Proverbs says, whoso finds a wife, finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. A woman is a priceless gift. We are living in a society that comes up with cute phrases that seem to work logically. And if it's cute and it works logically, we begin to shout it as truth. One of them is, I don't need no man to complete me. I don't need no one. I'm complete all by myself. Well, that's not what the Bible says. Now, I'm not saying that there are no individual cases. I'm not saying that there's no one that God calls to be single. I'm not saying that those things don't exist. But I'm talking about an overview of creation. God made men and God made women, and we need each other, and we complete each other, and we better start appreciating each other. Is this helping anybody today? And creation wasn't finished till he made the woman. Men... Men, you are not self-sufficient. We, we do not have everything she has. Am I right? Come on, am I right? Some of you are too religious to listen to this message. We don't have everything that she has. There is an adage that says that a woman can do anything a man can do. And a man can do anything a woman. Wrong. 
wrong. We are not the same. We are different. We have different callings. We are equal, but we are different. God made us different. And we are supposed to express different things about him. And together we show who he is. God created men and women differently as expressions of different characteristics of who he is. That's why he pulled Adam like this and said, here's part and here's part and together they look like me. He created man in his own image, male and female created he them. Both form the image of God. A man is not the complete image of God and neither is a woman. But men and women together, there's your fill in the blank. Men and women together, we display the creator. This is the beautiful thing about marriage. A lot of marriages end because nobody told them what a marriage was. They thought marriage was supposed to make them happy. They thought that's what marriage was. The movies told them, if you're unhappy, you get married and now you're happy. That, that's got nothing to do with what marriage is for. That's not what marriage is. Marriage is an earthly depiction of a spiritual truth of God and humanity being joined together and staying together no matter what. That's what it is. That's why we are the bride of Christ. Marriage is a picture of salvation. And salvation ain't always happy. And serving God ain't always fun. But we're going to stick around and work this thing out. And when I kick and scream, he does not let me go. He doesn't let me go. Marriage is this. Marriage is God has things he wants to accomplish on the earth. And the basis of accomplishing his plan on the earth is showing earth what he looks like. So he takes a male Adam and a female Adam and he puts them together because they each have parts of what's needed for the call that neither of them could accomplish the call on their own. And he says, now, here you both are. Figure it out. You look to me for your satisfaction, not him. You look to me for your satisfaction, not her. You both look to me. You both lean on me, and together you move forward for the sole purpose of finding out what has God called this marriage for, and how are we going to win the whole world to Jesus before we leave the earth? That's what marriage is. Marriage is a God-ordained ministry to the lost and to the body of Christ. And if you're not following him, you're not ready to be married. Created men, he created women. He puts us together to serve him. Now, this is my introduction to my message. Today, that's not a joke. 
Today, we want to look at the attributes of God that form the fiber of woman. If men are a part of a picture of God and women are a picture of part of God, today we want to talk about what does the woman show us about God? Which one of his characteristics? What is it about his nature? Get ready for this. This is going to change your whole world. My wife preached an awesome message recently at a local women's group an incredible revelation that he began to unfold to her and she began to tell me and then we started bouncing off of each other and seeing and God would remind us of scriptures and begin to put this thing together and I got so excited I could I could hardly sit there and so I straight up stole her sermon notes that's how she's a helper to me today I still, that's right, thank you. I want to preach a few different things, and actually the sermon's going to be shorter than the intro, okay. I want to preach a few of these things to you. Some of them, I, I, I can't wrap it up better than how my wife did. Some of it, I'll just read what my wife wrote. So yeah, a couple of you were at that, if you were at that study, Lala, Summer, Renee, all right. And hopefully God will bring some even more and build on these building blocks. Hallelujah. Attributes of God that formed the woman. Genesis 2 and 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. Amen. I will make him and help meet for him. When we see that word help, we think about a helper. We think about we're going to work on something in the garage or work on a car. And the little boy, you going to come be dad's helper? Great, hold it. And you know that kid's not helping anything. <laughs> but it feels good. And it's for the kid. It's not for us. Amen. Oh, if we would all learn Hebrew, we could reread the Bible and find out what he's talking about. And Greek for the New Testament. When we see that word helper, we think, ah, the man needs an understudy for his important stuff, an assistant for his man stuff that he's doing. Wrong. Wrong word, helper. Wrong, that is not the word, but we've done a great injustice only seeing it in the English and living here. The word, help, somebody shout helper. helper. The word helper that women have been named by God. Women say, my name, my name is helper. The word helper that you have been named is the Hebrew word azer. And it don't mean understudy. Somebody say, I am Azer. I am Azer. Not the men, the women. <laughs> the word is Azer, and it does not mean, uh, hold my tool bag and hand me a wrench. Men, if you have used 
your wife in the wrong way, let me be the first to say you're the tool bag. That should have got a lot more response. Don't look at him right now. But you can whisper out of the side of your mouth like Popeye and say, you're the tool bag. <laughs> if you have misused your wife, somebody say the word, say, say this word, say abuse. You know what that word abuse means? You know what the word use means? We use all kinds of stuff. I'm, I'm using this stand to hold my notes. Vince is using this keyboard to back the preacher up. Chris is using the camera that we can send this out, that people can hear this message that don't hear it sitting here. You're using a chair to hold you there, to use things. There's nothing wrong with using things. We use things every day. Uh, and in the right context, there's nothing wrong with using people. If we use people the right way, because we're all designed for a right use and a right purpose. So we know what it means to use something or to use somebody. Use. But when you put that A-B in front of it, do you know what ab means? It means abnormal. It means opposite. It means wrong. There are a lot of spouses that are ab-using people in a million ways that people don't have any idea that they're abusing anybody. Say, I would never abuse anybody. Oh, you, you would and you are if you understand that the word's not abuse, but it is abuse. Using a person for a, for a, a purpose other than what they were intended for. When somebody is designed by God to fulfill a certain role and a certain purpose, and we try to use them in a different way, or when we try to use them for self, we are abusers. Many of us are abusing people, and we don't even know that we're doing it. If you try to shut down somebody else's purpose to fulfill yours, you're abusing them. You are shorting them on who they're supposed to be. One of the saddest things that ever happened in my life, and I, I won't say who because it'll distract from the purpose, but a, 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 a woman that was in uh, our life for a very, very, very long time, one of the most precious godly people that I've ever known. And after they died, we opened their Bible and found where she had written that for her entire life from a little girl, she had always believed she was called to be and wanted to be a missionary. And had never done it. The atmosphere of her life, I'll simply say it that way, didn't make that possible. 
There are people that God have called. We have spouses that God has called them to do certain things. But because we, and usually men more than women, and oftentimes women too, we have thrown cold water and shut out the fire and the calling and the destination of our wives because they're women that are supposed to submit and serve us. You must be reading a different Bible. You must be reading a different Bible. While we are the head of the household, it does not mean to rule over, for she is from our side, and together we have a joint effort to serve God and everybody fulfill their call. God forbid if I get in the way of this little girl. And anything that God puts on her, regardless of if it inconveniences me, regardless if it would make me insecure, regardless if I would feel like I was in a shadow for a moment. Listen, if God wants to sit me on the front row and put her up here preaching, I'll be her biggest cheerleader. I will back whatever God wants to do because I'm more concerned with the word than anybody knowing my name. God forbid that we abuse somebody and stifle their freedom to be. Our precious wives and mothers are not helpers. They are azer. And I want to tell you, go study it. That word azer is a big, powerful word. This is a fierce word of might and of power and of strength and protection. Do you know your wife is the protector of your house? Now listen, if some joker runs up in your house in the night, boys, you better grab the nine before your wife has to. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about your family. I'm talking about your household. Your wife is the protector. You've tried to be something that you're not and made her to be something that she's not. Azer. It's a different kind of helper than you know. It is a protective help. It is an accountability. It is a put you in check kind of help. You know, the Bible uses this word, I think, in Rose's notes, I think it said 21 times. The Bible only uses this very special word, azer, to talk about three things. This word, azer, is used for the armies that Israel called on when Israel needed rescued in battle. They called azer. God used this word, azer, to describe himself when he explained his relationship to the children of Israel and how he stood and protected them. When God stood and protected them, he said, this is Azer. And the only other time God saw fit to say Azer is when he talked about the woman. Great armies, great protection, God himself and women. Azer, ladies... I know how many have been made to feel throughout the years and had some grandmas that had it even worse concerning a woman's role. But I want you to know that you are not called to be an intern. 
sleeping with the boss to climb the ladder in order to gain position. You are Azer. And men need you. We need you. We need you. We are each only one part of the puzzle, but together we show off God. Speaking of puzzle pieces, stay with me just for another few minutes. Speaking of puzzle pieces, in that Genesis 2 verse, it said, And the Lord God said, It's not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help. And we use that word help, azer. He said, A help meet. A help meet for him. And the word is connecto. Am I saying it right? Sister Audrey, close enough. All right, we're going with it. Connecto. It means suitable, it means the right fit. It means appropriate for the job, and this is the only place in the Bible it's used is for the woman and how she fits God's plan and how together we complete the picture of God. It means one who corresponds, equal and adequate. The Bible says that women are equal and adequate to men. What about that verse where it says women are the weaker? It's only talking about physical strength and the makeup of the body for our different calls and roles. It's not talking about the person. Equal or adequate. It means your woman is one who stands in front of you. One who stands in front of you. It means face-to-face. It means not allowing... I'm straight up still in this from Rose, how she worded it. It means not allowing you to go any way you want to go. The call of your wife is to hold you accountable and call you out. So if you don't let her do that, you're out of the will of God and you're not letting her do her job. It's team. It's a team. It's teamwork. How many of you, how many of you wives think every man needs to hear this message? <laughs> it means that your wife is supposed to stand and ask some good questions it means that your wife should help to keep order in the way you should go Azer Konegdo a rescuer who shields and protects who strengthens and walks alongside but is also willing to stand in front of you and hold you accountable. Men, we've read a lot about women submitting to their husbands. We're supposed to submit also to our wives, to their role. An Azer walks side by side, but Conegdo stands face to face. This is what the Bible has to say about you, woman of God. This is who you are. I know that the Bible says the husband is the head of the house. And listen, 2022, that's still right. But while the husband is the head, the wife is the heart. Rose said this, women, you were never an afterthought. You are the answer. You're the answer. You're the answer to a problem that existed. 
Someone once asked a Jewish rabbi, why was it not good for man to be alone? He said, because there was an enemy in the garden. And men, I got news for you. Nine times out of ten, your wife's going to spot trouble before you do. I'm not saying that anybody is right all the time. What I am saying is that we're supposed to be talking about things and considering what each other has to say, and together we'll get this thing done. Because there was an enemy in the garden. Now I'm fixing to drop a bomb on you. You ready for this? This is the whole reason for the whole service today. I hope you're ready. Consider this. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, which, by the way, if you're a person that says God and the Holy Spirit, please quit saying that. It's wrong. If you're a person that says God and Jesus, please quit saying that. It's wrong. There is no God and Jesus. There is God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. The Son, Jesus Christ, is God. It's not God and the Holy Spirit. God and Jesus, it's the Father and the Son. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We believe in a triune God, not one God and a couple buddies that helped him work it out. God, it's God. It's a personal soapbox of mine too, just because it drives me crazy. The Holy Spirit, that precious, powerful third person of the Godhead, that mighty, independent power source that works in perfect unity and harmony with God the Father and God the Son, he carried out the Father's design in creation. Amen? The Bible said that he hovered on the face of the waters. It is the Holy Spirit that actually performs what Jesus paid for on the cross. Every miracle, the Holy Spirit performed it. Every part of creation, the Holy Spirit's the one that actually did it. Would anyone here suggest that God the Holy Spirit is in any way weak? Would any of us suggest that he is less God than God the Father or God the Son? Hold that thought. You know, in the Garden of Eden, when a man needed help, God created the woman. There was a need for a helper, a need for accountability, a need for direction, a need for protection, a need to lead and guide and offer wisdom and companionship and advocacy and friendship. Man, a man in the garden needed a helper, so God made a woman. But after the cross of Christ, when all of humanity needed a helper, Jesus said in John 14, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. God sent the Holy Spirit. I hope you're putting the pieces together. It is really, really easy to recognize that dads are supposed to be a picture of the heavenly father. But my friend, do you know that women were created as the picture of the Holy Spirit? 
Men are a picture of the Father, but women are a picture of the Spirit of God. Your life is supposed to be a picture of the Holy Spirit himself. Men might be leading the household, but women are supposed to help to lead us. You ever heard of a woman's intuition? Hello? This is God-given Holy Ghost gift, and we better pay attention. This is what I want to say about this message today. Moms, and I'll say it to my mom and my wife, you have operated in so much, and I'll say it to my sister, You have operated, and Heather and I say this to you together, in so much of this gift without ever realizing that you did it. Without the right appreciation, because how many of us ever give our moms the right appreciation? How many of us give our wives the right appreciation? Moms, you have operated in these things without knowing it, without ever being appreciated. Stay with me. All eyes up here. Don't miss this. This is is the crescendo. This is the part. You've operated in it without knowing it and without ever being appreciated and sometimes without feeling like you were worth anything or even that you had done anything. Well, you are and you did. You have flowed in this which God designed you to be, and you've done it quite well. Thank you. Thank you. The second thing that I want to say is this. This is who you are. A jewel of creation. You are the one that completed God's handiwork. Know it, realize it, and rise up. Take your place, woman of God. Shake your family. Shake your church. Shake your community. Shake the whole world with the truth of the gospel. It's who you are, and it cannot happen without you. Happy Mother's Day. Thanks again for listening to the River Audio Podcast. We hope that these weekly sermons are an encouragement to your life. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at theriverworshipcenter.org and on Facebook and Instagram at The River.